welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts here, Josh Hartley and Ben Porter. Ben, how are we doing? We're doing good. We've got some got an eclectic mix of things to talk about. Yeah, this. I, this um, we, we, we've got some serious things to talk about as well, actually. Yeah. So this being uh, an incident that happened at Gen Con. However, we'll we'll cover off some lighter news items from the world of tabletop before we dive into that so uh why don't we just get straight to it yeah so in the their annual report um the ceo for games workshop kevin roundtree Mm -hmm. alludes to the fact that the company are exploring licensing for uh film and tv okay it's something they've kind of dabbled in in the past, if I recall, wasn't there a Space Marine film? Yeah, there Had was. John Hurt in it, didn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was a fan project or not. I'll need to double check that. Yeah. But um, certainly, I, I don't think it um, it released to a massive audience. No, I don't think it was uh, widely distributed. But, no. Uh, so the, the, are, they, are they looking to pitch this, you reckon, to what, like Hollywood then? Is that or maybe TV or it's the thing is right. Um, as much as the, there's maybe a certain argument that the the Warhammer stories are like pulp sci-fi and fantasy, mm-hmm. the Horus Harris, the Horus Harris, the Horus Heresy, yes, series is a New York Times bestseller. Yeah, that and it's pretty highly regarded as well in like yeah. science fiction. Yeah, I mean, like, um, as as you know, I'm an electrician. Yeah. Um, I was actually in a customer's house a few years ago, and I saw he had the a load of the Horus Heresy books, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, yeah, you, you into Warhammer?" And he says, "No, I just read the books." And the Black Library has been exceptionally successful for yeah. uh, Games Workshop. Black Library being, of course, their their publishing arm yeah. with all the the fiction. I think the Horus Heresy series is probably the most iconic. Yeah. But some of the um, some of the fantasy novels they've done. Gotrek and Felix did really well. Yeah. Yeah. And that would lend itself perfectly to like a TV show, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. would. Uh, who who would you cast as Gotrek? Well, I I think the way to go would maybe to do it CGI. You reckon? Maybe. Maybe do it CGI and have Brian Blessed do the trick. <laughs> I don't know, because like, I can kind of picture Tom Hiddleston being Felix, but yeah. like in person. He grew his hair long a bit. Oh, dyed it blonde? Dyed it blonde, yeah. I could see that working. He's kind of got that skinny sort of... Skinny Germanic yeah. look going on. Yeah. Um, don't know who I'd have as Gotrek. Who would make a good, angry, naked dwarf? That, it's a hard one to cast, but I suppose that the way they would do it is, they you know they would use all the sorts of camera tricks that they use oh, yeah, for yeah. for the Peter Jackson films with the dwarfs. I think that's the remarkable thing about the see those Lord of the Rings films. I, the, I mean the the CGI was phenomenal for its day. Still looks pretty good, but oh, most of the up. most of the camera tricks to make certain characters look much shorter than they actually are. That's physical effects. That's not like post editing or anything. A lot of it was as simple as forced perspective. Yeah, um, like the um, if you, and you can watch all this in the bonus features for um, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, the the scene at the beginning 
mm-hmm. of the Fellowship of the Ring where Frodo's in the cart with Gandalf. Yeah. The the seat that um that Frodo's in. Yeah. It's extends away out beyond the cart. <laughs> but because because they force the perspective yeah. so that you're looking at them from a certain angle, it looks like Elijah Wood's really small sitting next to Ian McKellen. Yeah. But he's not, he's just sitting really far back. <laughs> It's really clever. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it's just such a simple thing. Yeah, it works. Yeah. I But back to your question, I I have no idea who you could cast as Gotrek. Let's be let's be realistic. It's probably going to be 40k license. Pro- probably. Yeah. But um yeah, well, see what how how that pans out. Um I I would watch a Horus Heresy film or TV show. Yeah, I'd definitely give it a go. Yeah. Um why not? I mean, the the thing is, like, they've got an absolute mine of material to use as well, right? Oh, yeah, like, I mean, it's like th- hundreds of books, right? It's about thirty years in the making, so yeah. So uh, they should be able to make something good out of that, right? <laughs> You'd hope so. I mean, that they could still screw it up massively. That's still a possibility, yeah. of course. But um. It's interesting that they're exploring it. Mm. Um, the, you know, I, I'm a bit of a, a Games Workshop fanboy, but I maintain that um, Warhammer is one of the most iconic brands in the world. Mm. We were just having this discussion beforehand because you were saying that Magic: The Gathering apparently have been looking into like the old Hollywood uh, yeah. blockbuster license as well, uh, but it's struggled to get off the ground. Um, I, I don't know, like, because you were you were saying it's maybe not visually quite as iconic as I don't think so. I'd argue Jace, um, the character people would probably recognise as being from Magic: The Gathering. Possibly Chandra as well. Chandra as well, yeah. But I, I guess the the pro the problem that I think they'll have with it is outside of maybe a couple of characters. Pretty much any creature or character from Magic, if you showed it to a punter on the street, aye, that's generic fantasy. You'd be like, oh, it's a, it's a wizard, doesn't it, or something yeah. like that. Whereas if you show someone a Space Marine, more often than not, they're going to be mm. able to tell you what it is. Yeah, and pretty iconic. Yeah, fair. I mean, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think the problem with Magic is because they set or they've got all these different settings for it. You know, all the different planes of the multiverse yeah. with its different theme and flavors. Which one do you choose? Like, because yeah. they, they have ch- they have done novels for Magic, haven't they? Yes, they used to do a novel for each set, uh, and they, they still release a lot of fiction on the website. But any good? I have never tried reading them. If I'm being mm. perfectly honest. Um, I, I hear some people really like it. Um, it's not my thing. It's not. It's not why I'm interested in magic. To be frank, I don't, yeah. I don't really care that and this, much. This is the story. this is where magic and Warhammer are kind of opposite ends of the spectrum from one another. Because most people, if you ask them how they got involved in Warhammer, it's like, oh, I love the setting or the story. Yeah. Whereas magic, it's people want to play the game. game. Yeah. Yeah. So. I th- I think there's maybe a few reasons that um that Warhammer is probably more conducive to telling a story. Mm. Well, we'll find out in all in good time. This is just purely speculative. It's just the CEO saying it's something that they're exploring, but yep. uh, you know they're getting a big deal now. So well, yep. they they've been a big deal for a while, but uh, they're a huge deal there. Yeah. 
So uh, watch this space. Watch yep. this space. Uh, what else has been happening in the so we, tabletop we sphere? <laughs> spherage. 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 Um, we spoke on the Gen Con episode about uh, a game that Fantasy Flight are releasing called Keyforge. Yes, the new Richard Garfield unique game. So the, the, this is the next announcement, is that yeah. Fantasy Flight have said that unique games, mm-hmm. trademark, is, yeah. is something that they're going to be punting now. Yes. Um, so what other unique games, TM, are going to be coming out? This one is called Discovery Lands Unknown. Oh. Um, it is, it's going to be designed by Fantasy Flight. Um, mm-hmm. So right away... Outside of the um, the unique games mm. thing, that this really grabbed my unique t- games TM. Sorry, unique games TM. This grabbed my attention because it's the first game that I've seen Fantasy Flight do that isn't sci-fi or fantasy. See, what you you told me this the other day, and I've been racking my brain since, and I, I still can't think of one that's not think of fantasy it. or science fiction. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, it's a fair point. Yeah. Um, so, so what do we do in Discovery? This is an attempt to to bring the very popular survival genre of video games to the mm-hmm. tabletop. Okay. So there's going to be exploration, a day and night cycle. You've mm-hmm. got different characters, um, but allegedly every copy of the game is going to be completely unique. Yes. So you and I could buy each buy a copy of Discovery, and it'll be completely different. Yep. Well, maybe not completely different. Different enough. Yeah. Different. Yeah. So, it's an interesting prospect. It's a neat idea. Um, whether or not it's going to encourage people to buy several copies, I don't know. Depends on how good the game is, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I guess it's. I guess what's happened here is that um, other companies in the industry have looked at the success of legacy games. Yeah. And they're thinking how they can riff off of that sort mm-hmm. of thing, um, and this is essentially an evolution of that. Do we think um, this game is one where you open it up, you play the game, and yeah, yeah, each copy is completely unique? Like, will you ever play the game again, or is it kind of like a bit like Legacy, like when it's done, it's done? No, I th- I think the idea with unique games is that you can still play them. But it's just that. Mm. You- Everyone's copy is special. Yeah, I think that's a re- it's a really cool idea. Yeah. Must logistically must be an absolute nightmare. Yep. To try and sort that out, like trying to manufacture enough components and then making sure well, that we're... each like each pack gets different ones. When we were first talking about this the other day, mm. you'd made the point that like only a company of Fantasy Flight size could actually do this. Yeah. No, and it, you, an, an independent publisher could not pull this kind of thing off. Even like one of the middle-sized companies yeah. in the industry couldn't pull this off. This would have to be Fantasy Flight, Wizards of the Coast, or Games Workshop. Yeah, basically, pretty much. So it'll be interesting to see um, to see what's in store for us there. It, it looks very pretty, like really mm. nice art style. Bit of a departure in theme for Fantasy Flight, as we were saying. Um, and I think that they're aiming to launch that towards the end of the year. Yes. So, uh, so we'll we'll pick up a copy or maybe multiple. And yeah. uh, <laughs> might might be good to at least have two. Yeah, just to compare and contrast. Yeah, I being a little bit cynical here, 
I don't think the differences between copies are going to be massive. It's going to be slight variations. You reckon? I think so. All right. Well, I mean, time will tell, yeah. right? So yeah. we'll uh, we'll see. So uh, shall we get to the the main meat? The the topic of the, uh, of the week. Right. Um, so uh, there was an incident at Gen Con. Or not even at Gen Con, actually, in Indianapolis at the time of Gen Con, involving, or, well, we know that the the victim of the assault was a convention goer, yeah, uh, and the alleged assaulter was also a convention goer as well. Yeah. Uh, what's happened is, well, it's, it's actually worth saying there there are two victims here technically, because someone had their property damaged. That's a very good point. Yes. Um, so, so what had happened? Where do we begin with this? Do we explain who Jeremy is first? I, is I feel like he's it, like Voldemort. Like I kind of don't want to mention his name just in case I make him more powerful. As long as we don't mention it three times and he appears on our podcast, that's <laughs> fine. Right. So, um, Jeremy is a, a chap who uh, has a couple of YouTube channels. Yeah. Uh, the Quartering, which is all about these uh, crane grabbing machines. But I think he's more better known as being the MTG HQ guy you, I mean, or unsleeved media yeah, guy. You you say that the Quartering is about crane grabbing machines. It's, it's now because yeah, it's well. This is so. Th- this is it, right? So he was one of the first big Magic the Gathering channels, and I used to subscribe to it. And I thought his channel was pretty good. He did lots of unboxings. He was uh, doing this thing where he was. Uh, there's a. Magic... I didn't realize you used to subscribe. I to did, it? yeah, and uh, he used to. Uh, he had this thing where he was trying to collect each of. Uh, there's a product for Magic the Gathering called a fat pack, which yeah. is like a box with uh, nine booster packs in. And in years gone by, it actually had the novel or novella that was associated with that set oh, in it cool. as well. Yeah. They stopped doing that now. Um, but that's what you used to get. He was um, and he was co- trying to compile a playlist of him opening each and every one. Yeah. I thought it was pretty. I thought it was a pretty good channel. However, um, he started having these rants and almost vic- like going after other characters in the Magic the Gathering YouTube. Yeah, yeah the, the YouTube scene. Notably, uh, the professor from Tolarian Community College, uh, who is probably the biggest Magic the Gathering channel, I think. I think he's, the, he's certainly the... He's, he's the one you recognise yeah. for a start. Yeah. So that, and as someone who doesn't play the game, that, that speaks volumes. Yeah. Um, Wedge from uh, the Mana Source as well, who again has been doing this for a very long time, and his vi- his videos were getting progressively more vitriolic, vitriolic, aggressive. Um, he was encouraging his supporters to go to this convention that Wedge was at and ask Wedge why are you so fat in a, a like a public. Q&A that he was attending yeah. uh, which people did um, and that's that's a horrible thing I just think um, it's phenomenal that people actually right. through with that well, okay but this so this is uh, this this is how serious this got right so 
uh, when he, whenever he was doing a video that was uh, ranting about someone, and I think it's it's a fair comparison to make with um, Steve Bannon. You know the, the info and infowars and that sort of thing. Yeah, is... the, there there's a there's been a real rise in the past few years, and there's no other word for them in these alt right yeah channels where I I, I think to. For for anyone that's maybe not familiar with the term alt right, basically it, it's a movement within conservative politics to try and make conservative politics attractive to a younger audience. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Yeah, so it's I mean you you've got people like uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, like you say Alec Jones from Infowars. Yeah. So so it it's people that aren't your typical crusty NRA supporting Republicans mm-hmm. or your. You know your uh, sherry swilling uh, Tories, yeah. Um, like Milo Yiannopoulos, he he's quite an outrageous character for one. He's like a thirty-something uh, uh, gay, gay <laughs> yeah. man who's yeah. you know he's he's quite foul mouthed. So again, quite different from yeah. what you would expect from a conservative yeah. small scene. And uh, yeah, and this is certainly what Jeremy was doing because he was taking exception to the very fact that. Wizards of the Coast, the folks who make Magic the Gathering, were actively trying to promote um, women, uh, people of colour, uh, people like gay people or people uh, gender identities sure, yeah. uh, within the Magic the Gathering community. He was uh, he, he was taking exception to this as well, and um, it came to a head in November last year. Uh, and what happened was a, a prom- one of the people he would go after was a prominent cosplayer yeah. uh, Christine Sprankle uh, you've probably, if, if you're a fan of Magic the Gathering you may well have actually seen photos of her she would go to the Magic the Gathering Grand Prix uh, cosplaying as various characters from the yeah. Magic the Gathering universe uh, and she had a Patreon page right? And people, common thing for cosplayers yeah, people would support her and that's fine, but a, a, according to Jeremy, not it, it, that wasn't on Um and she got it got to the point where she was getting harassed so much by Jeremy's supporters that she quit social media and declared, I'm quitting social media because of the level of harassment I've been getting. Pretty much, I can't remember if in her post she identified Jeremy and his channel or not, but pretty much everyone knew that was yeah. why. Uh, and as a consequence of this action... Um, one, it all blew up over YouTube. Everyone had something to say about it. We actually, because of course we were doing the podcast at the time and we sat down and had a chat whether we were even going to cover the story or not. We decided not to for a couple of reasons. One, we felt there was a lot of people talking about this already and we're probably not going to add anything no. positive or insightful I, to this noise. There, there was a feeling possibly that, um, that we'd have, we would have been really just bandwagoning yeah uh, and the second reason it was around the time when charlotte was first coming on the podcast and we kind of thought it was having Char- having having a woman come on our podcast and to be sprung immediately on like gender politics and identity is kind of like the board game equivalent of asking a female rock star what's it like being a woman in a band you yeah know, it's, it, it's- it kind I mean, of felt a bit. It is. Don't get me wrong. It's an. It's an important subject. But maybe. I, maybe some people do want to hear people talk about these things. But but certainly, um, I think equally it can be exhausting being asked those questions all the time. Yeah. 
So, I mean, the three of us had a chat about it, and we decided it was for the best not to cover the story. Yeah. As things unfolded, uh, Wizards of the Coast actually took action. Uh, amongst several other people, they actually slapped Jeremy with a lifetime ban uh, of all sanctioned events yeah. and blocked him from Magic the Gathering Online, which he was particularly annoyed about because he had spent thousands of dollars on cards on it. Uh, <laughs> You can't help but laugh. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, you know, as a consequence of these actions as well, Jeremy himself got a lot of harassment and he hate did. as well. And he was he, he, made, he was quite vocal in how he felt it was unfair and unjustified. Because um, I, th- I think it, it is worth emphasising this, that, you know, where, no matter who you agree or disagree with in this scenario... Um, we can get into that a bit more later on. You can probably read between the lines as to where me and Ben stand. Yeah. But, um... but no, no matter who you agree or disagree with, um, there are nutters mm-hmm. on both sides of the debate. Yes, and harassing someone, or as, as we're going to get to, assaulting someone physically is just unacceptable. No, that's it's, it's not uh, an appropriate response. Mm-hmm. So, that was last year. That was last November. Flash forward to Gen Con, which Jeremy is, of course, attending. And yep. he, after one of the days in the convention, is hanging out at one of the bars in Indianapolis. Yep. He is approached by a man yep. who... Well, did you read, like, the man actually put his arm around yeah, him... Yeah, that's right, yeah. ...and said, are you Jeremy from uh, Unsleeved Media? Yeah. Jeremy said yes. And this man immediately starts wailing into him. He got he got him in a headlock, uh, and this isn't just what Jeremy said. There've been a couple of witnesses that yeah. have since confirmed this. He got Jeremy in a headlock, uh, punched him repeatedly in the head, and said, mm-hmm. "I'm going to f- kill you." Um, four people had to restrain the assailant. Mm-hmm. Uh, J- Jeremy ran into the bar. Yeah, I mean, like, you know what 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 are you going to do when yeah, someone's well, punching you? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't be my reaction to someone punching me in the head. But, no, yeah. but there we go. Yeah, um, you're you're a very different man to Jeremy in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so he runs into the bar. Uh, the assailant goes after Jeremy, um, but is blocked by mm-hmm. one of the witnesses, and then he the assailant punched a glass panel, breaking it, probably. Injuring himself as well, I'm and guessing. And that's your second victim there, yeah. because there's property damage as well. Yeah. And then he ran off into the night. So, um, Jeremy has been very vocal about this incident. Surprise, surprise! Yeah, um, and uh, we're, we are once again at the internet being at its finest. Yeah. Now, a couple of things have happened. Uh, Jeremy uh, gave a description of the alleged assaulter and apparently someone has been identified by people on the internet but the police as far as i'm aware anyway as 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 of this recording haven't charged anyone no one's been formally identified by the authorities so while this name is out in the public domain i don't want to name this person because quite frankly this could be a case of mistaken identity it does happen and i don't again i don't want to sort of fan the flames of no. This per this person being harassed as well. Yeah, we we can we we know that he was definitely assaulted by someone. 
I mean, I mean we've, we've yeah there's there's, that's there's, there's, image, there's images of Jeremy on the internet where his eyes are all bloodshot and he's got cuts and abrasions on him mm. where he's been attacked but um, whether or not it's the person that uh, that speculation is pointing to mm-hmm. we we can't say that because as believers in democracy it would be unrespond it would be irresponsible for us to do that yeah exactly innocent until proven guilty and all that exactly. So, um, so we're not gonna we're we're not gonna discuss the identity of the uh, assault, the the assaulter. However, there's a couple of things to consider here. I mean, for me, one of the sad things about this, about what happened last year, and just a general pattern that's emerging is um, how extreme opinions in politics uh, and ethics are starting to permeate their way into our thing like this is i i I mean i don't know about you one of the reasons i do this hobby is as a way to relax and unwind right i don't want to think about heavy things i don't want to i I think there's maybe a bit more to it than that i I think like i think we in particular do this we you know we relax and unwind but it it also maybe waxing lyrical a wee bit here but um i've got quite a strategic brain yeah and there's a little itch that this hobby scratches that doesn't quite get scratched by yeah by anything by some else. of the other stuff that I do. Sure, I, I mean the the point is I'm I'm what I'm trying to say is I, I one of the reasons I'm attracted to this hobby is as a form of escapism. Uh, the yeah. real world's rubbish. Uh, <laughs> not not to put such a fine point on it. it, or it can be rubbish, yeah, right? Yeah. And sometimes you don't want to have to. You, sometimes you want to get away from it. Sure. Uh, whereas yeah. events like this happening sort of on the perimeter of Gen Con brings it back into our hobby we're now yeah. talking about it yeah. uh, and discussing the greater implications of it and I think that's sad I, th- I, th- I, th- I, I don't like I, when I sit down and play a tabletop game with someone I don't I don't care what sort of political opinions or whatever I, I stopped watching uh, MTG headquarters or Unsleed Media as they were known in the yeah. latter years because he stopped talking about Magic Gathering and started talking about why he d- he he believed Wizards of the Coast shouldn't be promoting women to to, uh, to play or in their stories or yeah. whatever, uh, like that's that's not what I'm in. Like one, I, I disagree, and two, that's not what I'm interested in. Yeah, really. Yeah, like I, I, I don't want to I don't want to hear a misogynist's opinion. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, like well, I, that, that might sa- that, that that might sound quite ignorant, but yeah. like I I know how I feel, well, and, no, but, and he's but, not going to change my mind. But this is freedom of speech, right? Is that you you have the the right to say these things, but there's no obligation upon other people to listen to you, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's true, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so that's one thing. The other thing is, uh, what responsibility did Gen Con have about this? Because, like, my gut instinct is nil. It didn't happen on the convention grounds. Right, so... However, however it, it, like, Jeremy was certainly in Indianapolis. Right, attending. Just to quickly weigh in on this, Sorry. the Gen Con Code of Conduct does state that they have a right to step in. On in cases of harassment and things like that that take place out with their campus, right? Yeah, um, because you could get harassed on your way back to your hotel or something like that. Mm-hmm. In which case, Gen Con has a responsibility. Uh, of... Or they they have elected to take on that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I would argue, um, while Jeremy uh, was uh, in Indianapolis attending Gen Con and the person 
who is widely thought to have committed the assault, uh, is also believed to have been attending Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Um, while they were, it, it didn't happen at the convention site. Uh, it, it was no, out, completely no, it, out with their control. It was like one in the morning. And as well. but the, but one of the immediate reactions to this event was why aren't Gen Con doing something? Why aren't they making a statement about this? Well, they did make a statement. Exactly. Well, exactly, they did. Yeah, they, they made a statement saying that they were cooperating with the mm-hmm. India, Indianapolis police in the investigation, but that the Indianapolis police had said that at this stage they didn't need their help. Okay. In which case, there's nothing more that Gen Con can do at the mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Um, all, all or, the, or, or, or need to do. But they 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 issue the statement saying that they are cooperating with the investigation, mm-hmm. which is the most that anyone can do in a police investigation. Yeah. Um, now, as to the incident itself, mm-hmm. as much as we both completely disagree with Jeremy's politics, and pretty much on every level, yeah, I also completely disagree with someone being assaulted first of all in any grounds but I, I do particularly take issue with someone being assaulted just because someone doesn't like their beliefs yeah that's a very rocky and nasty road to start going down when you think it's okay to um, when you think it's okay to take like that sort of physical action just because of well, that, the, there's a there's a phrase for it, mm. vigilante justice. Yeah, and it's and very dangerous. It's yeah. very dangerous. Not just wrong. It's very dangerous because mm. they they um, it essentially puts into the hands of the person the power of judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. Because like you do, you, uh, some people have responded by saying that it's okay to punch a Nazi. That and there's further dangerous implications with that. First of all, who's deciding who's a Nazi? Yeah. And second of all who's deciding on how severe the Nazis statements have to be in order to merit mm-hmm. some form of some form of corporal punishment. So I don't think that you can say that you believe in democracy and be holding beliefs like that. I completely agree. I can't pretend like there is a part of me that's a little glad that this guy got his comeuppance because he's he's quite evidently made some people's lives miserable he has and this is the this is the flip side to this whole debate is if i had the two guys in front of me for Mm -hmm. some reason i would turn to jeremy and say first of all you can't go around saying these horrible things and not expect some form of reprisal for them yeah this is what's happened yeah. I urge you to think very carefully about what you're saying, particularly in a public platform from now on. Mm-hmm. And then I turn to the assaulter. You can't go around bashing people just because you don't agree with what they say. Yeah. It's completely undemocratic. Mm-hmm. There's a process for debate. Uh, first of all, this guy does a fine enough job of making himself look like an arsehole. without without you feeling like you have to to somehow amplify that because well this is the thing right is they've now made him a martyr yeah yeah (laughs) i know so they they in in trying to exact justice or vengeance upon this guy for some perceived insult what they've done is they've vindicated in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. what he's saying 
this all, this whole thing about conservative white men are under attack and all that. Yeah. They are, because you've attacked them. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. It's it's frustrating. Um, the only thing I will uh, like, I do want to make this. I, I want to ask you this actually. Right. Okay. We don't we don't know the exact motives for no what this don't. guy did. It's it's assumed it's because Jeremy. It, I would is, be very is, surprised it, if there was another reason for that. He's a very public figure. Yeah. He's very vocal. He has very controversial beliefs. Yeah. Um, but for all we know, Jeremy might have targeted someone that was particularly close to him. Now, what I want to ask, like, is if Jeremy had targeted Charlotte uh-huh. in the way that he had targeted Christine Sprankle or or if he targeted me in the same way that he targeted Wedge. Yeah. How would you feel about that? Could I, you maybe start uh, getting to why this yeah, guy acted? I, I, w- I would definitely have taken it personally. Um, I, I I will be completely honest and say that I'm I'm not slow to anger. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I do um, I do get riled by things. Your jimmies get rustled. And yeah, and in a lot of ways, things that are personal attacks to me don't bother me in the same way that attacks upon people that I care about too. And I think a lot of people are like that yeah. as well. And I think this is why one of the reasons why we're we're sort of seeing this escalation in the extreme the two extreme ends of politics mm. whereas you know you've got you've got people who okay they're not gay themselves or they're not women or they're not uh, people of color or whatever uh, but they know people and care about people who are mm. and that's kind of why that the you know the you know the the nasty way of saying it is yeah. social justice warriors but yeah. you know you know but, what i mean yeah, that's I, why I some people are getting like that yeah. Uh, and then you've got people on the other end of the spectrum sort of rising to it. The other thing I think is happening is the internet has given everyone a false sense that, you know, you can say whatever you like without you've got the, Well, you've got this echo chamber effect yeah. where people think that they're only talking to people that agree that feel the way that they feel. That's mm-hmm. partly true. Yeah, I mean, with this, with is, this is how Facebook is built, isn't things, it? Yeah. You, you, you tend to be friends with people who feel the same, like you're similarly anyway. Yeah, and what what happens, I think, is that you do get um, people are becoming more and more polarized, mm. and there, I think there is this perception that you have to be one or the other, which is absolute nonsense. Well, I mean, yeah, first... no, Noam, Noam Chomsky actually said that um, what one of the greatest forms of tyranny is not to eradicate debate, but to limit the spectrum of debate, yeah. which is something that we we're seeing happening mm-hmm. with the. The rise of the alt right and the, these sorts of groups is that there is this perception that you have to be in one camp or the other that there is no middle ground anymore. And that's that's ridiculous for a number of reasons. I mean, one, I think most people are quite moderate in their beliefs, really. I uh, think so. Two, uh, you know, politics and ethics and life is so much more complicated than I'm completely left wing all the time or I'm completely right wing yeah. all the time. You know, I've got, I have personal views uh, that would be very left-wing in some respects yeah. but some that are you know some may consider or like middle ground or right yeah. wing really. well, i mean I, I was talking about this recently i mean because as you know and people that know I, i'm a christian i, I go to church mm. um so the perception from that for a lot of people would be that oh you're, you're right wing then and i will like, well, no I'm, I'm a socialist 
Yeah. So I, I've exactly. Got the, right. I, get, I get this weird like Captain Pugwash type situation where I'm like reviled by by both sides. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the, but but that's how people are. Yeah. You know, we have we we make our own minds up about each individual topic just just because you you know just because you you think gay marriage might be okay doesn't mean that you you also you're also a communist yeah. or something like that but but that's kind of like the ridiculous sort of assumptions that are being made now mm-hmm. like you believe this one thing or you must believe this other thing as well that's completely unrelated mm. yeah um it's quite I, I did not think that we would be talking identity politics when we started, 11 months into... I know. Uh, this was heavy. Yeah. But this is it. I, I, it goes back to my point. Like, I, I suppose, as much as I don't like the fact that this is creeping into the hobby I love, mm. is it is it inevitable? Is it unavoidable? Like, I, I think it is, because, I, I you know, it's, it's, re- it's real people mm. that are behind these games. It's real people that are playing these games. And... You can only avoid those people bringing their real baggage and their real yeah. issues into the things that they do for so long is the reality of it. Yeah. And the, although we talk about um, hobby games and tabletop gaming being quite a niche thing, mm-hmm. Gen Con is basically a takeover of downtown Indianapolis yeah. for a week. That's no small feat. That's you know? huge. The so, open play area is their football, like American football stadium. Yeah. So the the reality is that in tabletop gaming, you, it it's as it's as varied a a spectrum of demographics as any town or city. Yeah, exactly. Now, it's not as if that it, it's purely made up of a, a bunch of white old, middle class men. Yeah, because yeah. it's not because they're they're. There's so much more than that. It's so much more diverse than that. Mm. But I, I, th- you know, people talk about diversity and championing diversity. And I, I don't think they fully understand all that goes with that. And it's like when you champion diversity, you're you're opening the door to people that will disagree with you. Yeah, it's the right thing to do. I think it yeah. is the right thing to do. And do you know what? That this this might seem condescending to a lot of people, but you don't have to agree with everything that someone says to be their friend. Now, I'm not saying that you should go and be friends with Jeremy. I don't think anyone should be friends I'll, with that man. Probably not. He, he does <laughs> I, not. It's a, it's a miracle anyone is. <laughs> but it's... We, we need to find a better way of debating with one another. And I dare say that as much as the internet has been a facilitator of this show, it's caused a lot of problems as well. Yeah. Because people, I think, are accustomed to getting up on a, a soapbox on Twitter or Facebook. And the the reality is of these things, as good as they are, no one goes on Facebook to have their minds changed about no. something. No. It just doesn't happen. When have you ever seen someone read the comments section of a blog post and gone, do you know what? You're right about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've never gone through like YouTube comments and thought this was a worthwhile way of spending my time. No. <laughs> anyway, it's like, it's like the it's like the internet version of looking under a rock. Going to the YouTube comments. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah. And on that cheery note, um, guys, thank you very much for listening. Um, that that's been a very serious episode. So I hope you enjoyed it all the same. And 
maybe found it insightful. If you if you want to share your thoughts with us, um, please get in touch. Uh, I, but yeah, um, be nice to each other. Yeah, be excellent to each other. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we'll be back on topic talking about gaming stuff next week. Yeah, but we more just, fun things. We, we felt that we had to um, weigh in on this one. But yeah, hope you enjoyed it, guys. And until next time, take care. Hi, everyone. It's Charlotte from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. All you need to do is search Unlucky Frog Gaming. You can also show your support for the Unlucky Frog through Patreon. To find out more information, check out our website, www.unluckyfrog.com. Thanks. Bye.